0: Thank you.
1: This is Ed McMahon, and now,
2: is Armstrong and
3: Getty! Another week that's going to feel like last week and the week before.
2: <laughs> I didn't like those weeks! Live <laughs>
3: from Studio C. Oh, c si, your dimly lit room where deep within the bowels of the armstrong and getty communications compound hey everybody today kicking off a brand new week as i said that'll feel a lot less like last week we're under the tutelage of our general
2: manager donald j trump daily armstrong and getty listener awesome i can only assume that because last week we were uh, pitching the idea that perhaps the daily press conferences the briefings should be shortened significantly and perhaps donald j should reduce his uh, participation in them and indeed on uh, friday i believe it was that was the announcement that was made so thanks for listening mr president have a great day
3: <laughs> um, and by the way your um <clears throat> your week may be different depending on where you live let's wrap up the music
2: here
3: some states are changing, so you know your life might be a little differently. I I I, I tend to think the states that aren't changing are making a mistake. That's be be my assessment. But uh, I was just listening to the list of states and various things that they're going to do where you can open up your business for curbside or uh, this or that or right.
2: Yeah. So. Well, and those that are standing pat will be changing pretty quickly. I think. I hope so. Um, uh, what did you say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose
3: we gotta talk uh, I don't even I don't even want to mention it. I don't even want to mention it, so I won't mention it. Um mm, the unmentionable. The unmentionable. They're unmentionables. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna bring on to the show some unmentionables. What a quaint phrase that is. Hey, is Kim Jong un usually referred to women's undergarments, yeah, right? Yeah. Unmentionable, good lord. <laughs> is the Kim- brazier and other things. Is Kim jong un dead or not? I think little fathead is probably not dead. I was ruminating on this over the weekend. I mean, he could be. You never know. He's a fat chain smoker, which which ain't so great, especially these days. Yeah. But it occurred to me there is usefulness for a dictator doing this semi-regularly. Oh, see who raises their head? Exactly. See, uh, you know, send all your, your secret goons out into the uh, the hinterlands. And uh, see if anybody says, I'm glad he's dead. See if somebody goes on TV. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm glad he's gone. Exactly. (laughs) It's time to have voting and stuff. And then, you you know, you just seek those people out. And And shoot them out of cannons. Exactly, or or at dogs, or I can't remember how that works in North <laughs>
3: Shoot him out of a cannon at dogs, right? Um. So one of the stories over the weekend was the train he travels in hasn't moved in a month or something like that. Mm. But I read a separate story to me that explains the whole dang thing. That country, while they claim they've not had a single case of coronavirus, has been just decimated by the coronavirus because they have the
2: worst healthcare in the entire world. Well, and they live next to and are entirely dependent upon China.
3: Yeah, China that's, that's a good point. They're right next yeah. to China, but they they've got the worst health in the world because they don't even get medicine or anything like that. So they're right. you know, they're in terrible shape personally. They don't get food. They don't get food, yeah, they don't get anything. And uh and they got zero health care. I mean it's not like you can go to the doctor when you're sick and get taken care of. So they have just been getting wiped out by this thing, including a giant chunk of the military that's died from it. He's just holed up somewhere trying to get not to get the virus. Right, he's just freaked out that he's going to catch this thing and die. That's what's going on,
2: isn't it? Somebody or other's razor. That usually the most obvious explanation is is the uh, the right one. Most That'd of be the the time. Occam's Gillette's,
3: razor. No, not Gillette's razor. No, it's Occam's. Occam's yeah. Harry's. Yeah. Razor.
2: yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's what's going on. So out. where'd you see that stuff about the, uh, the, the military getting wiped out and everything? I missed that.
3: Uh, New York Post, I believe. Yeah but, uh, huh. yeah. but, it's not surprising. No, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. If, of any country that would be vulnerable to that, it would be them. Yeah. So uh that's what he's doing. He's just hold up. I was kind of hoping he died, but you know, it might actually be worse for the, for the world if he did, does die. Who who knows?
2: Uh, yeah, we we'll never know until it happens. Boy, there are a number of regimes around the world, including in our own little uh, hemisphere, uh, beautiful Venezuela. I'm sorry, not Venezuela, Nicaragua. Uh The regimes are really being put to the test because they're handling it badly. I couldn't and find... If you got a crappy government, if you got a good government, man, they are sweating and straining. You got a bad one, they're they're near falling apart. If you
3: pointed to Venezuela on a map and then I said, "Ooh," and then you said, "Fool, it's Nicaragua," I wouldn't have I wouldn't
2: know the difference. Or if you dropped me off on a plane at one and <laughs> told me it was the other, I wouldn't know that either. So. <laughs> that that might be a decent joke. Everybody's speaking Spanish, and uh, you know it's warm. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but Nicaragua's right there.
3: Venezuela's way down there. Okay, I'll take your word for it. All right. Um, uh, let's introduce the of the squad here to get the show going. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling leaves. Oh, oh, Nancy Pelosi's giving a speech wearing the exact same color as the green screen.
2: You know what's going to happen there? <laughs> just like with the, just I like guess. with the Queen. <laughs> Well, and especially because America's meme game has never been sharper than it is during these troubled
3: times. Boy, Nancy, look forward to be wearing a Hitler uniform later in the day, because you're wearing the color of green screen. I'm surprised all public figures haven't figured out you can't wear that color green. I know. It's beautiful. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Uh, there's our board operator, Michelangelo. Got your wedding invitation. I don't know when, but really enjoyed that. All right, it was a save the date, right? Yeah. It's not officially an
4: invitation. Yeah, I'm hoping this wedding still happens. You know, it's in October. You should ho- be all right. I figure if, if we haven't opened up by October, we're going to be in a depression probably by that point. So, oh boy, you're probably right. Anyway, how are anyway, you this morning? I'm doing good. Um, I was just to say a lot more people out yesterday. I went to the warehouse club. I had to get some stuff, and there was it was pretty darn full.
2: I yeah. mean, if
4: you, I didn't notice much of anything. There was a few masks, but a lot of people not just a wearing few, masks. Huh? yeah, just
2: a few. There's one warehouse club that makes you wear a mask. The other one doesn't. I went to the grocery store, which uh, and I went to the fancy pants grocery store because we we're uh, socially distancing having people over or maybe not. As far as is that illegal, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but so I went to the fancy store and I brought a mask with me and it had fallen out of my pocket in the garage. And I got all the way there, reached into my pocket. It wasn't there. I was like, "Did you sell them or whatever? She said, no, and we can't let you in. So I had to go all the way home. Really? And get you my couldn't damn mask.
3: actually go in without a mask, huh? No, well, I'm usually wearing a mask. So I don't know what the rules are, but. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, do one of the big box uh, hardware stores makes you wear a mask? Uh
2: One of the big box, uh, like uh, everything stores. Oh. Which one? Is it a secret? I can't. Uh, no, I can't remember. Judy oh. was telling me. So, did you go to the Costco, Michael? I did. Yeah. And they were not requiring them. I think maybe no. Sam's Club does. I can't. Somebody was telling me that.
3: God, when we were off Friday before last, and uh, Facebook was going wild with rumors of why we were off. Good times. I went to uh, Home Depot that day, and it was the most crowded I've ever seen it ever. Wow, I mean, it was like it was the weekend before Christmas and you're at the mall. The Home Depot was so busy. I guess it's because, um, uh, one, construction is going on, and two, people that are staying home are thinking, well, now's the time to get some
2: stuff done around the house, I guess. I don't know. But they're they're glancing around and thinking, hey, maybe I can finally tackle that project. I did some of that this weekend. It was incredibly crowded.
3: Um, There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean?
4: Doing very well. I, too, was getting a bit of the the cabin fever. Even I, the avid endorsement, I ended up going uh, to uh, spend some time in nature. Went on a a several-mile hike. Uh, you walked around a lake found a waterfall took some pictures it was delightful found a waterfall took some pictures yeah yeah it was great Hey, look was, uh, waterfall hey I want to look at all that waterfall is what I said to myself <laughs> and uh and yeah it, it was it was delightful and it was just a it was you know I joke all the time about you know hiking for dating's sake and stuff like that but it's like so many things with when I'm about to leave my apartment slash on my way to go do something i'm like this is this has got to be a mistake i oh, you know, really? I, I should have just I I should have figured out some way to get out of it. But then once I'm doing the activities, I'm always (laughs) like, this is great. I'm so glad I did this. But it's just getting over that hurdle of actually you know, breaking the tether to my apartment.
3: That's interesting. I can't stay in, as my wife has pointed out in times. I just can't. I can't stay home. I can't stay in. It's impossible for me. I'm like lured out by a magnet. Uh, it's difficult for me to stay at home. You are two with nature, though, as Woody Allen says. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I am two with nature. Um, uh, we got lots to talk about today because we're catching you up from the weekend. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Monday, April 27th, the year 2020, we Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program.
2: Okay, let's begin. Officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark.
1: We've also got kits so you can get creative at home, like a make-your-own-barbecue kit. A four hundred pound commercial hog, some barbecue sauce, and a knife. (laughs) <laughs> from
3: Saturday Night Live at home, which was slicker this week than uh, a couple of weeks ago when they Yeah, cried. they upped
4: their game uh, quite a bit. They, sure, it, learning curve. Yeah, and they, yeah. they clearly,
3: like, more of it was recorded and edited and stuff like that instead of trying to do it on the fly. Which, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, there's no law that says it has to be done live from your apartment. It's well, called it's in Saturday the name. Saturday Night Live, Saturday yeah, Night live. it's in the name, damn Fraud, it. fraud. <laughs> I'm not putting up with it. How does mailbag look?
2: Oh, it's good. It's nice. Oh, it's just full of nuance and tenderness or something. Nuance know. and tenderness? <laughs> it's, I, I, what? I hate this question every day. <laughs> it's good. It's fine. People wrote emails, and they're interesting. You should have a
3: thesaurus open <laughs> and just, like, pick two random words every day. It's full of nuance <laughs> and tenderness.
4: <laughs> it's
3: hilarious. Oh, boy. What's going on with you or where you live? How are things? Our text line is four one five two nine five 295 kftc more episodes of the big michael jordan documentary last night
2: i understand yeah i finally tuned in myself what'd you think oh i enjoyed the heck out of it it's um yeah, but it's i was such a huge bulls fan that it's difficult for me to know how much people are liking it, but people are clearly liking it. Um, the behind-the-scenes stuff, seeing the guys jawing on the plane, making fun of each other and stuff—that was great. Yeah, well, when Sean gave,
3: when Sean gave the backstory last week, it got me interested in it because just the normal sort of documentary, I thought, i whatever, but. um when it turns out, it was a bunch of stuff that they swore you were never allowed to release until we agree. And then Michael finally got on board because mm-hmm. some of that stuff you wouldn't want to be seen. I thought, OK, well, this might be interesting then. Uh, by the way, the states that are allowing things to get back to normal ish a little bit. Those NBA teams are going to start practicing again this Friday, I guess. Very nice. The league is getting back going a tiny bit. I mm-hmm. guess they must. You wouldn't start practicing unless you had some belief
2: that you might be playing. Right. Well uh pardon me hates to hammer a theme that we've heard over and over again, but it's all about testing. Obviously 100% of the people in those practice facilities doing the thing will have been thoroughly tested. Yeah, I heard and a, repeatedly. I heard great pushback
3: against testing over the weekend. I want to talk about that later that oh, this is boy. really
2: overblown
3: the whole testing thing. So
4: the need for it or our lack of it.
3: what good it will do okay. when, when we start getting
2: at it uh, so more yeah. on that later. Oh no! Not more ambivalence. There's too more. There's too much ambivalence, and yet there's not enough. Stay tuned. Mailbag. <laughs> and, yet, and yet there's not enough. <laughs> ah, funny. <laughs> keeps, it gets me through the day. Let's continue on a uh, series of freedom loving quotes of the day from Ludwig von Mises, the great German philosopher and uh, and uh, economist. I'm thinking um, next week's going to be Churchill. How do yes, you like that? I love that. Excellent. You're going to love this from uh, von Mises. The Marxian's love of democratic institutions was a stratagem only, a pious fraud for the deception of the masses. Within a socialist community, there is no room left for freedom. Very nice. Way to go, Ludwig. <laughs> All right, here's a nice note from Dan. If you're so stupid as to inject yourself with disinfectants after hearing what Trump said, good. Do it. The world has too many morons.
3: That's what I said on Friday. Go Amen. ahead. Die, you
2: idiot. Signed, Dr. Uh, Darwin. Yeah, we're going to talk about that more later, Tom. This is a. This Woo! is a really good take from Tom. I think we're all feeling this. He writes, uh, Please, enough with the sugary, we're all in this together commercials. Eh, eh. What I wouldn't give for a Ford commercial with a beefy F-150 towing a bass boat than a macho ED commercial followed by a Carl's Jr. large-breasted blonde 20-something suggestively taking a bite out of a hamburger and watching the sauce drip slowly down her chin. Damn, I'm hungry. That's Tom. Different personality types react in different ways to that sort of thing. I will just say for myself, the whole... Celebrities speaking softly and sympathetically to the camera thing is just so over for me. I groan out loud. Yeah, shut up. I know what I'm going through. All right. I know what I'm not going through. I don't know what you're going through, but I don't need to hear from you (laughs) what I'm going through. Okay. All right. Moving along. Oh, Susan. Uh, Nice note here. Thanks for, thanks so much for keeping those of us entertained, informed, and standing on humorous ground. So my question is, could this be the second wave? I am not sure, but my partner almost died last summer in Southern California. He was in the hospital for five days after weeks of antibiotics and an oxygen saturation percentage of 82 when admitted to the ER. It's a long story, but we're thriving as old fags. I'm um, glad to hear you're both uh, feeling good again. Uh, old friends of Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, the whole when and where and, and how prevalent. Uh, we are still absolutely stumbling around in the dark, feeling around trying to figure it out. There's a, so much of uh, what ought to be known to launch any sort of coherent policy just is not known.
3: I would like to interject this at this point. I mentioned two earlier. A lot of uh, virus talk. The virus is going to end up being a biggish story in world history. It's not even going to be as big as probably as the one in 1957. Do you remember that one? No. What is going to be remembered for centuries is the worldwide depression. Mm. the economic part of this. That needs to be talked about more. Uh, yeah,
2: indeed. We'll talk well, about and, that later. And to that point, we actually, we've actually we received a couple of great emails from farmers, and I want to feature uh, uh, one at least, depending on our time. Uh, Jared from Kansas writes, Hey, fellas, been listening since Trump's unexpected victory. Thanks, Jared. I'm an L.A. actor that came back to my family pig farm in northwestern Kansas when the quarantine started. Never <laughs> trust a man. With a pig farm. Now, wait a minute, Jared. You're a big-time Hollywood actor. That's the greatest premise I've ever heard. Famous Hollywood actor comes home to family pig farm to help out. He gets tossed and knocked down. He gets muddy and his pretty hair is must and then he meets the kind of homely girl in the farm next door although the viewer's thinking that's the hottest girl i've ever seen in my life (laughs) and they end up falling in love and then she gets gussied up and it's like wow whatever that wait a second
3: he's from northwest kansas i'm from southwest kansas and we look at the people from northwest kansas kind of is you
2: northwestern (laughs) kansas what is wrong with you people please can i tie your shoes for you dummy Let's see. Oh,
3: here What do
2: you know up there? (laughs) We have 12,000 head of pigs in our sheds. We built them 20 years ago ourselves, initially started with a few thousand. We've expanded. Uh, Every time we sell off a lot of pigs these days, 165 at a time, that's a $10,000 loss. Wow. And we ship anywhere between two and six truckloads a week. Man, the math hurts. There's actually, there's more on this and how the business actually functions and and why farmers are so scared right now It's probably worth sharing with you when we come back from a little uh, pause. Everybody, including the media and
3: these press briefings, need to wake up to this economic story that's happening.
1: Psychologists are warning single people stuck at home to resist the urge to get in touch with their exes. Okay, but if I don't text my exes, how will they know I love them? <laughs> I that was a funny joke. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh.
3: Oh, God. I'll play. Why not? While we're in the mood. Yeah, please. Play play 13. I love this joke.
1: NASA officials said that it's possible that the first human sent to Mars could be a woman. (laughs) So that when the male astronauts show up, dinner will be ready. (laughs) (laughs) Is well that that just undoes everything I've ever done.
4: That's that bit where they make each other do a joke that's gonna make them look bad. Yeah, yeah they write a joke for the other and they don't and get to pre-read it. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that, that makes male it even astronauts
3: get their dinner will be ready <laughs> and,
4: it, and it always turns into chay trying to make colin look racist and colin trying to make Che look misogynist it's great it's the it's one of the best things they
2: do do, do we have any of the uh the shoe on the other foot trying to make them look no, racist they just did no. the one uh, okay. um
3: uh dar uh yeah which is a clever way to get away with doing really politically incorrect yeah. jokes yeah. Is it, what it, it is. started
4: as, that was their uh the last couple of years they've done that as their christmas gifts to each mm-hmm. other was they wrote jokes for each other and they've kind of found ways to slip it in here and there but it's yeah, just okay. such a
3: creative way yeah. to we can't say these jokes we have to present them as these are too awful to say
2: exactly yes <laughs> the only reason we're putting them on is to embarrass him Right. it's not just presented as a joke certainly not yeah i love that <laughs> so a couple of notes from the world of farming number one i just heard from a friend who's a farmer who says they can't get uh fertilizer because there are certain chemicals involved that are being held up at the ports and whatever, just everything's kind of stopped down. And our, uh, our our theme, I guess, is unforeseen consequences of some of the policies, and you know, some necessary, some maybe not. But we were talking about these hog farmers in uh, beautiful Kansas, northwest Kansas. Uh, note from Jared, the actor, is back in the family hog farm. And he said, we've just been notified they're going to cut our number of sales every week. This is the processors, I'm sure. You can't keep pigs to grow bigger because the slaughterhouse machines can't lift pigs over a certain weight. We also can't because we have young pigs bred out for the next several months. You can't overcrowd the sheds. You can't just stop production because it's a year processed, age to sell, and who knows what will happen in the market then. We're almost to the final option. When pigs reach selling point, we have nowhere to sell. Well, we have to dispose of them. We're already discussing mass graves and how to handle it
3: wow well during the
2: great depression, and the losses are skyrocketing and the family lose everything if this goes on too long during the great
3: depression uh you know part of your new deal policies trying to operate the economy from uh from the oval office and everything like that caused these sorts of bottlenecks and 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 and, and, and breakdowns in the process and millions and millions of animals were slaughtered during the great depression where people were starving if you've read the grapes of wrath Right. Uh, millions of animals were being
2: uh, destroyed and crops burnt. And then Jared signs off K O O E T B. Keep on overeating that bacon. I will. we Will do, Jared, just to help out the family. I for then... almost got the baconator
3: at Wendy's on uh, Saturday. That is got six strips of
2: bacon on it. Great scott. It's a giant cheeseburger with six strips of bacon yeah. on it. Keep in mind, you know, heart disease is one of those underlying conditions that for the I'll COVID. Be all right. Let's see. Oh, and then we got the note from, uh, Katie the dairy farmer talking about, uh, dumping the milk distribution channels have stopped and all. And the cows are, you can't tell the cow to stop producing milk. Uh, as in the references as you made about restaurants and other retail type establishments not being able to flick a switch and turn businesses on and off. The same is true for agriculture. It takes years to rebuild breeding stocks and production values after being forced to reduce herd numbers. If you turn production off today, it cannot replenish tomorrow. In some cases, it'll take two to three years to recoup even a 20% cut in animal numbers, which are numbers already happening at California agricultural production farms. Um, if we don't reopen the economy soon, food costs for every American will be significantly higher than they were prior to the pandemic, simply due to the number of farmers that Survivor don't animals that survive or don't the pandemic and the time frame to ramp back up. Thanks for the insight, Katie. Yeah, the um, well,
3: well, first of all, I think there's way too much attention given to these White House press conferences. The media gets fixated on these because Trump's there and they act like that's the only information outlet in the world in, in America every single day. And it's just stupid the amount of attention they get in general. But as mm-hmm. I heard somebody say the other day, how come half or three quarters of these aren't economic? Discussions. How come hey, it's hey, not? That. How come it's not the best ecomo- not economic minds coming out and projecting where things are going to go or where they are? And why is the press not asking more economic questions instead of virus, 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 virus? The biggest story that's going to come out of this, without a doubt. And we talked to Neil Ferguson, the historian, about this last week. It's in our podcast. Check it out at ArmstrongandGetty.com. But the the economic part of this is a, a top ten worldwide event. Right. Not the virus part, the economic
2: part. I think one of the primary problems is that journalists are almost exclusively your English major types. And listen, I was kind of sort of that type myself. I don't I don't hate these people or anything, but they have a very simplistic view of the economy and how businesses work. And they they're fixated on the virus because that's more or less what they understand. And they they've always been employees their entire life. None of them has ever started a business or had to make payroll or anything like that. But yeah, it it ought to be it, it, the policies. Whatever policies we follow in every corner of America, they ought to be based on the balance, the push and pull of need to not have hundreds of thousands of people croak from this bastard communist bad disease. And the, the need to not crush the economy and then kill as many people. Well, well, Why all, is it not presented like that
3: every minute? Well, for all I know, Trump wants it to be about the virus every day uh, because, you know, the economic stuff is probably going to be bad for a long time. And that that doesn't help his reelection chances. Maybe he wants it to be about the virus. I don't know. But his uh, senior advisor, Kevin Hassett, was on ABC This Week with George Stephanopoulos yesterday. He said the economic outlook is in a really grave situation. Grave is a tough word. Yeah. He said during the Great Recession, which people still talk about, it was one of the biggest economic setbacks in modern history, we lost 8.7 million total jobs during the whole thing. Oh, we're right. at nearly 30 million now. He said we're losing that many every 10 days right now. So this is extraordinary. Make no mistake, it's a really grave situation. This is the biggest negative shock that our economy, I think, has ever seen,
2: including the Great Depression. Well, and any job that relates to crowded spaces from a a little restaurant that has 20 tables to a baseball arena, baseball stadium, any of those jobs will be a long time coming back. Long time. So yeah, the after effects are going to be enormous. I mean, most of the, uh, you know, the bounce back from the great recession was just fiscal and and and, you know, credit and the rest of it. But there was no like intrinsic limit on doing business. You could start whatever business you wanted and if you could get people to come through the door, it'd be successful. This one has got, you know, all sorts of limits on it.
3: And there's yikes, so many stories out there the press could be digging into. This headline, large troubled companies got small business bailout money, publicly traded firms, some with accounting problems or are already in trouble with the government for not being honest, received a total of more than seven hundred and fifty million from the program. The big tax bailout thing for small business owners who were shut out watching big companies collect loans while their applications languish has been infuriating. Well, I guess that seems like a good story to run with. Rather than the latest uh, virus numbers
2: or whatever, or arguing with Trump about something. Well, how many decent working people's jobs could $750 million save? Sure. I got. Good Lord. I keep talking about the same
3: buddy I I know who's got a small business and just not dollar one yet. Mm. Because of the, you know, the way the whole thing has been set up. And, uh, rent's coming due here for the second go around. What? In just a couple of days. Um. And like we've been talking about, so your landlord let it slide in April? Well, maybe they can't let it slide in May because they got to make their mortgage payment to the bank on the building. And
2: where does that all go? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where this goes from here in terms of our attitudes about government and big government, nobody knows. It'll probably be some pro and some con, but I'm just, I'm looking at your story about your buddy and everything, and it brings back one of the great Armstrong and Getty truths. That's that the great skill you need right now. The thing you must be good at, what? Uh, Building a business, Uh, doing things customers want, anticipating their needs, managing your employees. No, the great skill you must have is knowing how to navigate the government bureaucracies. Right. Rent seeking. You've got to be skilled at dealing with government bureaucrats. And when you have a centrally controlled economy in a, in a system, that's the skill everybody develops. And that's, it's just disgusting it's not what this country is about they talked about on 60 minutes last night and it was a,
3: it was an upbeat story about how ford and gm have so quickly within 3 weeks they went from making cars to ventilators or you know various uh, personal protective gear and all that sort of stuff it was really pretty amazing yeah um you know thanks to computers a lot but they've made zero cars in now what a month and a half zero cars for ford and gm which is just absolutely amazing and the first quarter Earnings are going to be out this week, and uh, I believe it was GM is going to uh, present a $2 billion loss for the first quarter. That's, that's just incredible. Yeah. Wow. Where this is going to end up, I don't know, but I want more questions about this. I want more economic experts and professors and stuff involved in these White House briefings or wherever. It doesn't have to happen at that time in that room. Um, but more conversation about that. If we can get back to kicking
2: the media just for a second, maybe that'll...
3: Less than four entire days of discussion about Trump's offhand remarks about uh,
2: disinfectants or whatever.
3: Yeah, no kidding. Four entire days of that? That's plenty. Dr. Burks complained about that yesterday. We're having trouble getting information out because the media is obsessed on this one thing.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, let's kick them on that level. I was also going to... Let's talk about their lust for everything being one size fits all national how they just have a a burning desire for that how they can't seem to even grasp the idea of no 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 all 50 states and america's territories have different situations and within those states you have regions and counties with different situations no sorry cbs newswoman we can't have a blanket policy for all of america and that's the last thing in the world we want but they seem to just they need that did you see on a different topic? Did you
3: see Lindsey Graham said yesterday he'd be shocked if Kim Jong Un was still alive? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, really. And he's on the Foreign Relations Committee. I would think he's got as good information as exists on the in the world.
2: Uh, yeah, I wonder. Given uh, spycraft, Jack. Uh, speaking as a guy who's now well into the second season of Homeland, uh, there are a lot of double <laughs> reverses going on. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of sleight of hand here. I wonder if old oh, oh, Lindsey, bless my soul, bless your heart, is trying to uh, draw Fathead out. Oh, I got gotcha. you. I don't know.
3: Because that seemed like an extraordinary statement to me. Right, yeah. To so say so he's shocked? pretty well informed. You'd be shocked if he was still alive? He's, you know, he's old enough to remember that Soviet premiers used to disappear like this all the time, turn back up. It's not that shocking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got a lot more on the way on the uh, the economy and the flattening the curve. And how about all the people on the beaches in the good weather on the West Coast this weekend? They what's scared. up beaches? They weren't scared. Stay tuned.
0: The Armstrong and
1: Getty Show. You it come back on time. Better go get his out of bed. You know, and I'm not gonna say what's in his bed and where he was and blah blah blah. There's a knock on the door. It's Michael Jordan, and I hid. I I I I didn't I didn't want him to seem like that's so I Like I'm just like hiding behind the couch with covers over me. Come on, you. We gotta get to practice. Dennis came back and joined the team, and that's the way it went that year.
3: <laughs> so that's from the uh, the Bulls documentary that's getting such great ratings on ESPN because one, it's well done, and two, there's no basketball happening this time of year. Um, and as it's been described as uh, critics, it's the only documentary that features two former presidents and Carmen Electra.
4: And that's who you heard in that clip there Was Carmen Electra Who was briefly Dennis Rodman's wife, right? Oh, it's uh, I think they got uh, married The seriousness of their relationships are very hard to to nail down But they were an item for a little while They were
3: together So Michael Jordan himself
4: went to Vegas to find Dennis Rodman Yeah You couldn't send people or call someone So this was uh, at some point during the season uh, Rodman went to Phil Jackson And was like, hey man, I need a vacation And so he was negotiating how long he could just disappear from the team. And Phil Jackson being the sort of coach that, it's, you do, you're
3: either fit in with this team or you're going to hit the door. Realizes he's, we got quirky dudes. This is yeah. the way he rolls. If I want to keep him on the team, I got to make this work for so, him. So
4: Rodman was initially looking for like a week or two, something like that. Phil Jackson said, "No, no, 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 no." I guess they eventually <laughs> talked him down into like just a weekend or something like that. But as benders go in Vegas, sometimes they extend beyond where you uh, you intend them. I've never been yeah. on a Carmen Electra bender. No, but. <laughs> I hear they're mm-hmm.
2: legendary. <laughs> well, back in the day, yeah, no doubt. Uh, judging by what I know about Michael Jordan, I don't think he hated the idea of going to las vegas to find Dennis. rodman all right i'll find him eventually
3: (laughs) (laughs) i'll make my way through the card rooms and everything until i uh, until i figure out where he is yeah
2: Yeah. back to your theme of of phil jackson being you know my way or the highway or fit in and and don't you got to remember how enormously gifted dennis rodman is was too you just got to give a guy uh, that guy a little more slack because he is unique on the planet in terms of his skills and then, um, and then
4: that led to what Jordan would describe as the kind of turning point in his relationship with Dennis Rodman when uh, he, he talked about it here.
1: I hear someone knocking on my door the hotel. Now, Dennis never comes to my room. And he comes and says, man, you got an extra cigar. I went to Michael Jordan's room as for a cigar, but, but I think that he knew the fact that, you know, that I thought that's probably his way of me showing him that, you know, man, you know, my, my thing, my bad. What? He didn't say apology. He didn't say anything. But by him coming to my room, it was his way of saying, look, man, I fucked up. And from that point on, Dennis was straight as an arrow. And we started to win.
2: Well, uh, it's it's a good thing he communicates through gestures because (laughs) communicating through his mouth doesn't work very well. (laughs) That's the same Dennis Rodman that was on Celebrity Apprentice because he knows the president. And later <laughs> went on to be the ambassador to North Korea or something. <laughs> yeah. It all Guess fits, well, you don't fits together. War. <laughs> so, so, people around the world. so and,
4: and after that extended bender, uh, Phil Jackson was kind of doing the whole, all right, the, old, the whole team's got to run now because, uh, Rodman was slacking off. So we're going to, we're going to sweat the alcohol out of him. And he was intending to kind of show how. How a weekend just, you know, ravaged Rodman's, but apparently Rodman just ran circles around everybody during the oh, punishing really? workout. Just kind of the, the, goes to show the, the sort of freak of nature that he was.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh boy. Um, man, I, I was just funny. I almost tweeted this over the weekend, but I didn't. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are going through some serious ass right now. There's a lot of, you know, bad stuff going on, but I miss baseball. <laughs> I want to watch baseball games. All right, there, I said it. It's okay to express your pain.
3: I'm looking at this headline in Politico today. New evidence surfaces in Tara Reid allegation against Biden.
2: Okay, I haven't
3: read this myself. I'm going to read the first paragraph. This oh, is the woman that claims... I think uh, you may
2: be disappointed. Well,
3: I, I assume generally when I read a <laughs> yep. news story. Every morning I get
2: up and Uh, I'm ready to be disappointed.
3: A 1993 video has uh, surfaced that appears to show the mother of Tara Reid, the former aide to Joe Biden, who has accused him of sexual assault, talking about problems her daughter faced on CNN's Larry King Live. Her mom was on Larry King
2: Live? Congressional mom, you're on with Doris Day. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's according to uh, it's clear, Jack, according to all evidence that that is indeed her mother. She is on with Larry King and the conversation they had can only be described as innocuous and utterly uninformative.
3: So Reed's mom told Larry King that she had a, a story to tell, but hasn't told it. And King asked the woman, she had a story to tell, but out of respect for the person she worked with, she didn't tell it. And her mom said, that's true. Okay. I don't know if that's evidence enough to uh ru- It's
2: meaningless. Run a It's guy a out.
3: nothing burger. Okay. I don't paint my ball spot. Joe <laughs> has declared it a nothing burger. Sick. Do you paint yours? What ball spot?
2: No, it's it's it is the least meat to a story's headline that I've ever seen in my life. Okay. It's it's nothing. Okay, well then we dealt with it. Yes. Um. Uh, we haven't dealt yet
3: with Lysol Gate, which is the dumbest story, but uh, that's on the way. So stay tuned.
0: Armstrong and Getty. elevated.